The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome, my brother, my brother, me, uh, Vice Show for the Modern Era. I'm your oldest brother, Kevin Spacey. Uh, I'm your I'm your middleest brother. Uh, I got nothing. I'm Louisiana State Senator Jacob Sweetwater. <laughs> and listen, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few politics eggs. <laughs> Girling, you're drifting into Cosby. Course correct. What, what a what an honor it is to have uh, House of Louisiana Cards State Senator Louisiana Jacob State Sweetwater. Senator Jacob Sweetwater on our program. You've been privy to some of the machinations of uh, dog machinations, son. Yeah. Uh, what 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 do you think is has changed about Paul? You've obviously been a senator for. Uh, 30 years uh, and and you've seen you know some of the the drama and I guess intrigue uh, that's taking place on Capitol Hill I just say uh, most re- folk ain't got the stomach for it yeah I'm uh, saying what? our countries and states being held by a bunch of what pus- the fuck is going on by what is all of this by a bunch of pussy fingers <laughs> what is happening <laughs> Man, Travis is good at improv. <laughs> Something happens for twenty seconds he doesn't understand, and he starts crying. I don't know what Literally you're referencing. Crying. This this is good to, to say yes and then say no. Help! Help! Stop. Help! Help! I need an adult. <laughs> um, I've never. I've seen. I've seen two episodes of House of Cards. I shouldn't say Which I've one? never seen it. All I Which remember. Ones? Oh God, S one E four, S one E eight. Um, I, I. Don't remember anything about it. Didn't really leave a mark with me. I know people are all crazy about it, but Kevin Spacey, that's not what you sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why doesn't he just sound like himself? Yeah, he's a liar. You sound imposing already. Like, just regular old standard Kevin Spacey basic. Sounds pretty imposing. I don't understand why you have to sound all Louisiana State Senator Jacob Sweetwater. How sweet would it be in the last episode if he, like he becomes president of the United States and then he flips the switch and nukes everybody on earth from his secret underground bunker and then he puts on some sunglasses and says that's right this whole time I was K-Pax <laughs> he flies into his spaceship it's all been leading up to that he's been in so many things yeah a lot of things he's an, he's an American treasure my you know, we knew someone on that House of Cards. Did we? Yeah, Nick Reynolds played a cameraman in an episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, so pretty starstruck. Big up, big up to Nick Reynolds if you listen. Shout out. Uh, but that's this show isn't for Nick Reynolds. No. You know, it's, it's for you. 
the listening public so we can take your queries and turn them alchemy-like into wisdom. Let's get started. I travel on a lot of planes, trains, buses, and other forms of transportation. When I do so, I like to watch shows on my computer, and some of those shows have nudity or violence, like Game of Thrones, Archer, or The Wire. Assuming there are no children around, is it okay to watch these kinds of things where other people could maybe see it? And that's from Confused Coach. Huh. You can, oh. you really can't lump those three shows in together because, yes, The Wire can be exceedingly violent and Archer can be pretty violent, but only one of those shows has fisting in it. <laughs> <laughs> I Which, feel like I feel like Game of Thrones, though, at this point, has entered into the public zeitgeist enough that like someone would like see the shit that goes on in that show, but then go, "Well, it's Game of Thrones. What would you expect?" Nah, yeah. there are some scenes of nudity that are uh, uh, lengthy enough that I would become uncomfortable if someone in the seat next to me was was watching and enjoying them. Well, at that point, you just slightly turn the screen towards them and then just stare into huh? their eyes. Huh? 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 Yeah. right? She's elbow, yeah. elbow deep. Hubba Um, I watched... I'm sorry, did you just say hubba No, hubba I watched a girl with a dragon tattoo on a plane... Uh, to America from Germany, and um, did you cry? Uh, what did you cry at the movie? Yeah, it's not like a sat. You know, I said "girl with the dragon tattoo," not like the Notebook. No, I know. Okay, um, I was watching it, and there are some pretty uncomfortable scenes in that movie. And uh, there was one I tried to fast forward through, and. I tried to fast forward through it because it was just really, really wrecking my shop. And so I fast forwarded through it, but I went way too far in the movie. And so I rewound and I rewound back to that scene. <laughs> and I said, oh, fuck. And so I fast forwarded again and I went way too far again. And so I rewound and I rewound right back to that scene again. So <laughs> I I did to myself. To a casual observer. To a casual observer. I was like, I wanted to live in that scene. I wanted to build a summer home in that scene and enjoy it. If there was like a, a like one sixteenth slow motion option available on the airplane VCR, <laughs> I would have indulged in that scene and just like become a resident there. But what's more embarrassing that you did that or that I watched Dark Shadows? I mean, that's why would that be bad? Is is pretty bad movie. I wasn't I wasn't deeply impressed with it, but everyone sitting on the plane could watch me enjoy Do Johnny Depp's awful performance in that movie, and enjoy I it. Actually, I did. You know what's funny about that, Travis? I last time I was I flew uh, home from Europe, there was a guy uh, one up, one row up, and one to the left of me who was watch. He was like an old guy, and he was watching the Lone Ranger, mm -hmm. and like I could tell, like he picked it. And I knew it was a bad movie, and I felt my heart went out to him because, like, I, I had to watch someone watch a bad movie. And just, like, the whole wave of disappointment, the back and forth that they go through when you realize, like, oh, maybe it's not such a bad movie. And then <laughs> later you think, oh, it I is was a bad wrong. movie, I guess. I um, was wrong. I'm watching this whole thing. But is that worse than watching someone watch two medieval prostitutes just wail on each other vis a vis? 
it, their whole fists. Well, here's the thing. The magical <laughs> mystery thing about travel is like your encounter with these people is so brief in this in like the great s- scheme of things. Unless it's a trans Okay, yeah, maybe in the like considering the fullness of of fucking time. I'm saying think cosmos. about all the people I was on an airplane with that watched me cry to dark shadows, right? And then Hey Trav, can we talk about how much you're crying lately? <laughs> Cause it's like a lot. Listen, it's a it's a common phenomenon that when you watch the movies on the plane, I don't know if it's the air pressure or like the oxygen they pump in, but people yeah. tend to have stronger emotional reactions to shit that they would not feel in real life. I think if you're watching extended scenes of nudity on a plane, it's creepy. I think so. Personally, too. I think it's I think it's something you should not do. The other people around you, I mean, even if they're not children, like they may just like not appreciate that, or maybe like. I don't know, spoilers, you know? Um, there should be software embedded on each plane. I watched Iron Man 3 on a plane, and it was like, Iron Man 3, plane edition, by which I mean all the scenes of helicopters exploding, and basically that whole scene where the plane explodes in the sky and Iron Man has to catch all those people are gone, and the movie is 40 minutes long. Um, <laughs> there should be software in the plane that hacks into your iPad and your, your Nexus and your global tab, and it gets in there, and it can be called Fist Nanny. And if there's a scene of fisting, it will automatically... Or nanny Fist. Nanny Fist, and it will automatically fast-forward through that scene so that you don't upset your, your neighbors. How about it? That, How about it, technology? That new Liam Neeson movie uh, is going to be a weird, uh, a, a weird one to watch on a plane. Because mm-hmm. they can't... The thing is, they won't ever be able to reference that nonstop takes place on a plane. Mm-hmm. So the, it'll just be very curious as to why he's locked in this small room, mm-hmm. why no one will let him out. <laughs> this tubular room. This tubular room. <laughs> it's, it'll be, it'll, it's on a new sky train. Do you guys want a Yahoo? Please. Um, this Yahoo was sent in by uh, Kent Siri. Thanks, Kent. It's by Yahoo Answers user Katya, who asks, Why do some idiots think Toy Story is real? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Toy Story is a myth, okay? Additional details. (laughs) Just to let you know, I do love Toy Story, but it's so annoying when people say it's based on real life. What? What? Wait. I am fucking annoyed. How many people are coming up to me every day? How often is this scenario reoccurring? In your life. This happens to me daily, Trav. People come up to me and they're like, uh, you know, Woody was based on my dad. Mm -hmm. And I say, was your dad a marionette and also fictional? And they just look at me this dark stare, like sort of a blank. Mm -hmm. Like probably like your face was when you were watching Dark Shadows. Sort of like a hollowed out sort of hurt hurting deep hurting yeah listen he just wanted to be loved you guys but like you've been cursed and he's gone through a lot of shit sure uh stuff is deep now wait when was the last time you saw toy story because i do not think curses wait he's talking about dark shadows again i'm actually talking about my dark shadows story crossover fan Uh, i would imagine that if you really think about toy story that their their sentience is a curse you know, it, like you, you, they become sentient when we're not around. Uh-huh. When we are there, they lose sentience. They don't. They can't be aware of us, really, 
because their mind and and bodies shut down whenever we're present, right? They lose sentience. Now, Justin, I would argue that, in fact, they are quite aware of us because of the issues with Andy that Woody and Buzz are dealing with. Okay, but what... Can you imagine a more horrifying fate than to be, than to to, to, to to suddenly be a living corpse, unable to perambulate or affect the world around you, but instead having to just soak in whatever inhumanity the the gigantic humans can visit on you, sure. and being powerless to stop. That it. is what that movie's about. It's like that show Attack on Titan. You guys watch that that anime? No, I'm I'm 33. Um, I think those toys, if they had hung around much longer in Andy's life, then they basically would have been a bunch of creepy sex watchers, right? (laughs) You know for a fact, 100%, not a question, every character you love from that movie was there the first time Andy masturbated. Every single one of them. Every I thought I turned single. you, it's weird, I turned all these guys around. I'm starting to think that they're sentient. <laughs> guys, what did we just see? Is that a new game? I don't <laughs> like it. Is that a new toy? He went to infinity and beyond and then a little further than that, I would say. It looked like a, is that, does Mattel make a new fleshy bop it? Like, oh, guys, you sweet, sweet angels. Listen, Andy's got an itch down there, guys, apparently, and we're the only ones who can help him. Let's go. I would watch that movie before I would watch Planes. Now, toys, gather around. I want to introduce you to our new friend, Andy. Just bought her. Her name is Fleshlight. Come on, Fleshlight. <laughs> hey, guys. Kill uh, me. <laughs> Tell me, please. I'll see some shit. Because <laughs> he's got a big rubbery mouth. It's hard for him to talk. Oh, it's a heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Interesting. That's just the way God made me. Man, for all of all the weeks for us not to have an extreme restraints ad. Mm. I know. Do you have any advice for a 23-year-old female who just started playing Pokemon Blue for the first time? I didn't get into it when uh, it was released because I was busy beating, getting beat at GoldenEye. I named the nemesis formerly known as Gary after my older brother so I could finally kick his ass at a video game, Pocket Monster style. I have no prior Pokemon experience. And that's from Catch You Later. I, Griffin, I, I'm going to step I, away. No, I'm absolutely useless in this department. I, you, Griffin, you don't have any Pokemon advice? No, but it, it's like if I went to fucking... Um, let, me think of, let me think of a famous athlete real quick. If I went to Peyton Manning... Touchdown Nelson. If I went to Touchdown Refrigerator Nelson... Refrigerator Steven. If I went to Refrigerator <laughs> Steven, I was like... Teach me how to block in football. I'd be like, all right. And then he would start like dropping this expert technique on me. <laughs> you're saying you can't get your head back down to her level. That's right. Is that what you're saying? The game I'm is- so elevated. I can, I, I can, uh, there are matrices and I, I just, I don't know. It's complicated. Get a Pikachu. That one's pretty good. <laughs> so Plus Griffin doesn't give that advice out for free anymore ever since he started doing his self-help books. I can help. Um, 
So you just get them. Get them, and I think you use the psychic against the earth, and that's pretty good. Um, the best one is B drill. B drill um, is the best Pokemon. That's right. It's they the best just math- Pokemon. Mathematically, it's the best one. Um, you gotta get male and female so they can do it. Okay. <laughs> um, that feature's get, not. That feature's not more, in Pokemon. You but. get more Pokemon. Okay. From the do it, and then you raise them and you sell them for food. Yeah. Um, or you, you just turn them into. Market. You just turn them into food yourself. Just eat your Game Boy. Eat your Game Boy. Um, <laughs> I don't think you should eat your Game make Boy. Make sure leave your Game Boy in the sun so your Pokemon don't get cold. That's right. <laughs> and so they can, if they're plant type, they can grow. Mm-hmm. Bury it in the earth. Bury it there. <laughs> um, when they die. all your Pokemon at the daycare. Walk uh, around completely unarmed. You wanna Don't forget to leave your Pokemon in your will yeah. to somebody. That you is gotta, important, or they go to the government. You gotta release your Pokemon when they start to get old, because then if you don't, they'll die, and that gets really expensive after a while. Mm-hmm. Handling all those Pokemon funerals. You're gonna have the federales down your neck after a, after a grip, just kind of. Well, I mean, Pokemon. Don't coffin. forget after. to feed your Pokemon. Pokemon coffins aren't cheap. Yeah, and they're all specially sized. And they're all so. very specially sized. You think you're going to fit an three- episode of Animal Cops Houston? Yeah, where this dude had all these Pokemon and he wasn't feeding them; he just had them tied up out back. Yeah. And like they, the cops came in and they collected. It was forty-five Pokemon that they took away from this guy's place. Well, he wasn't even close to catching them all. No, no, and it was all the same one. It was all bee drills. <laughs> well, that would be the worst one to collect on mass. He was living in terror. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I would. I need a Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What Pokemon would you guys eat? Ash. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry, Una Memento. No, I mean, uh, no, Travis has a great point. If every creature in that world is a Pokemon, then we can assume that people are are Pokemon. You look at, like, a Mr. Mime. Um, that's just a guy. That's just, like, <laughs> that's, a, just that's, a just, that's just a man who's a mime. Like, just because you are that profession, silly as it may be, it doesn't give people the right to encapsulate you. You know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. really seem fair. In the back of my girlfriend's house, there's a mimosa tree that she saved from being cut down by a private company. She fought them after they cut down every other tree in her neighborhood's respective backyards to put in a parking lot nobody uses and saved just this one. The problem is there's one kid who always comes by and climbs, kicks, and breaks the branches off of it. How do we keep this guy from hurting the last green shade they've got, Anthony? Anthony, you can't own a tree. <laughs> Next question. Listen, read the giving tree. That tree is stoked. Yeah. Okay? You can't interrupt the cycle of giving tree. Every tree Wait, has a boy. Do you think boy. the giving tree is happy to be kicked and heaven's branches? What is it giving at that point? I understand. Oh, uh, listen. Man. You need this more than... Ah, ah, f- ah, fuck. God damn it. Okay. Yep. Nope. Yep. Damn nope. It, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. I deserve that. I brought it on myself. Here, have a mimosa. <laughs> I watched. I watched Slavery Times, and I didn't do anything. <laughs> I earned it. <laughs> I could have spoken up. Yeah. Um, you can't own a tree. You gotta let a tree do what a tree. I mean, you want shade from it. This kid wants to take out his preteen anger. Well, first of all, if you're saying we need to rescue this tree for shade, like. Build a house, you goober. 
houses are like all. Wait, are you a bird? They're all shade all the time, and that's pretty cool. Um, why is there a kid that has a fucking vendetta against your tree? Because it's the only tree in the neighborhood. The kid was able to get all the rest of them chopped down. The kid's a captain of industry, yeah. by the way. We didn't mention that. Um, Little tycoon. Here's the thing. The way that like uh, natural selection and evolution works is that as, you know, as new uh, enemies develop, the creatures develop defense mechanisms. If you protect this tree, you are robbing us of man-eating trees in 3,000 years. Yeah. Wow, that's that's true, Travis. That's a circle of life. Yeah, you gotta let these trees develop their own natural defenses. I think the circle of life terminates once they're man-eating trees. Because, mm. like, we need them. It is the ultimate catch-22. Because we need them to breathe, don't we? We can't just kill all of them, because then we're killing ourselves. That's true. Maybe it's harder to breathe in their neighborhood right now. Definitely mm. is. Maybe that's why this kid is losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> his kid's not hitting the tree. He's putting his mouth flush with the tree and just like... <gasps> <sighs> oh, it's He's so breaking good. the branches and sucking the oxygen straight out of it. Oh, it's so good right off the tap. Mm. <laughs> um, child, children, they're awful. Uh, they are just, just the, the worst, just terrible. Uh, and I'll, this, I mean, I the solution is right there. I didn't want to spoil the answer, but it's pretty obvious to me what you should do to keep the kid off the tree. When the kid climbs the tree, you climb the kid. No, you put some jelly on it. Oh, put God. some jelly on the tree. That one's... On the branches and on the trunk. He goes to, like, grab the tree or fuck with it, and he's going to come back with a fistful of tree jelly. What is this, he'll think. Do you mean sap? Yes. Then he'll... Ca- no, tree jelly. He won't know about sap. He's too young. Oh, fair point. And but the, tree and jelly, he'll totally get the concept. He'll of. be yeah. well. He'll hey, Travis. He won't have to be Angela Lansbury. There's jelly on a tree. I didn't it's have tree jelly. Justin, I'm not the one who said he wouldn't understand the concept of sap. <laughs> Let me throw this out. Elaborate tree costume haunt the kid. Okay, but that's also like gross. You're gonna roll up to his house. You're gonna pound on his door late at night. He's gonna answer and say, "I'm I'm a tree sprite." And you're gonna mm-hmm. teach him, you know, about like the beauty of trees. Travis, please a, a, a spriggan, please. Th- okay. And then at the end of the night, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No, hold on. No, that's a perfect crime. <laughs> How many kids do you think die because of tree-related injuries every year? You can just write that one off. The detectives come. They're like, let me see. Sap. A little bit of tree jelly around the window frame. Yeah, it looks like another tree. God damn it. Got another one. Well, we need him to live, so there's nothing really can really do about it. <laughs> trees. How scary is that scene in Poltergeist, by the way? When the tree kills the kid? He doesn't. I mean, that kid should be dead. Can we all agree about that? I always thought that that was sort of bullshit. That the, that um, they just sort of like pull him out of the clutches of the tree, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm all right." Like that tree looked super scary, super deadly. It could have killed you like a hundred times over, and it didn't. Nice try, spirits. Put your back into it. <laughs> Kill a kid for once, why don't for you? Once, you guys want a Yahoo? Sure. This Yahoo was sent in by Drew Davenport. Uh, Emerald member. Thank you, Drew. It's by Yahoo Answers user Ashley, who asks, I need new kind of sad songs from the heart for teens to listen to. Any ideas? One more time. I need new kind of sad songs from the heart for teens to listen to. See, I love this because it's not asking for new songs. It's asking for a new kind of song. 
like it's sad, sad dub, <laughs> sad <Just> dubstep. <laughs> can I get some dark shadows ballads? What if you listen to Christmas shoes, but also at the same time, because that's too sad, mm-hmm. listen to Shaggy's It Wasn't Me underneath it at the same time. It wasn't shoes. It wasn't shoes. <laughs> it's, a song it about, a it's, it's a song about dying. Picture this, she was dying from cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and my mommy's got the cancer. So get some shoes. <laughs> She's got nothing walking with Jesus. So buy the shoes. <laughs> I don't have enough money. Just steal the shoes. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, I got her some red shoes. She uses them to walk on the floor. Picture this, we were both butt naked. Like, no, no why? Wait, no, no, no. wait, why were you both? And CBS showed up. <laughs> so buy the shoes. And they got her in attention. So buy the shoes. What? I mean, there were some fucking classic standbys back in the day. I don't know if anybody's still making music like that because I don't think it's is is Bone Thugs and Harmony still making music? Boom, 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 boom. Not really. That sad. song did bum me out. No, yes. See you at the crossroads made me sad every time. I'm well, saying yeah, see you but- at the crossroads is beautiful because it's kind of sad, but it's also like, yeah, man. You know what? I'll see you at the crossroads. But yeah, I miss Uncle Charles, y'all. That is, y'all. That is miss- what it's like. I miss my little child, y'all. You know the song that made me sad all the time, only kind of sad when I was a teen, that worked for me, was Time After Time by Miss Cindy Lauper. Did it really? Ooh, that one will get to me. Well, I preferred the Matchbox 20 version, but that's fine. Oh, man, that one will touch me deep down. That one gets to me. Is there something in the content of the song, or is it do you, do you liken it back to like a, a, a sad memory? It's just sad. It's sad. Musically, it's sad. The key... It's in a sad key. Yeah, what is it? J. It's in the key. <laughs> it's in the key. Oh. I put this in a depressed J. There's always the cure, I guess. Yeah, they got some sad jams. I just don't think any... I don't think... All the music nowadays is all just, like, fun. And, like, well, f- fun. By the band Fun. And they don't make sad songs, really. What do teens... Do teens want to listen to sad music? I don't... Is that, like, see, that's teens the thing. I don't think teens want to listen to music. No, teens want to listen to music... Um, and mashups. And like back in, I feel like getting sad was like all mu- the music. Like Damien Rice came out and like set the world on sad fire. What about, uh, what's that? Where, where can my baby be? Uh huh. Yeah. One? Last Kiss. Mm-hmm. Last Kiss. Ooh, that's a sad one. Yeah. Is yeah, that, that, one, it, that one always bummed me out because it existed. <laughs> what about. What about I Can't Make You Love Me by Miss Bonnie Rice? Oh, fuck. Come on. That one will get you. Ooh. Is Deep Jolene kind of sad? What's Jolene up? is sad, but it's also so good yeah. that it gets you pumped. You know? What about Love on the Rocks by Sir Neil Diamond? Uh, that's not bad. The, uh, the theme song to Step by Step. <laughs> Sometimes I worry that... Okay, wait a minute. Landslide. Uh, 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 next question. That one's tear, that one's answered. Tears in Heaven. Can I tell you guys an honest story about Tears in Heaven? Is I it going to be was. Is it gonna be you making fun of Tears in Heaven? Because, like, it, that I don't no, think that'll play ma- very well. I'm making fun of myself. I was... Uh, I had a screen that popped out of my... Um, but... The... <laughs> 
Oh, that was a great story, Justin. <laughs> a screen that popped out of my window, and just like the top half came out, and I was trying to get it back in, and I should have just let it be, but I couldn't. I I couldn't let it just be there because I'm having a child, and I was obsessed with the idea that my child would with tears uh, in heaven. Would with tears in heaven, and I couldn't let it. I couldn't let it go. It like I don't know. It really got to me for some reason. Like that song got stuck in my head. I was like, I can't let this happen. I have to fix this screen. It's really important. But I just shut the window. You know, babies aren't gonna like. I know, I know. But what if I forgot the screen was broken? I couldn't handle it. What if the screen fell on your kid and then it laid on top of him and he like wriggled around and he like cheese grated himself? Or what if like because of that screen, your kid didn't get into a good college? I don't want to think about this anymore. I really do need to go to play. So come on. Get on now. Get on in there. Get on now. now. Come on, move along now. We need to raise well, ourselves be- some campaign finances. Jacob Sweetwater. Well, I'll be Parker. There's a new concept in our way. Contemporary eyeglasses. They're extremely affordable and they're fashioned forward. You're gonna have to take that from them. I would not trust me to tell you it's fashion. Just what right now. what fashion is in general. Right now I'm wearing a shirt from Tybee Island that says Island Time State of Mind. So <laughs> you, you can't I cannot be trusted. Uh the it's uh we're supported by Warby Parker, who's a friend of ours with a new concept in glasses. Okay. They're most glasses are too expensive, and that makes them terrible because you can't wear them without being scared they're going to break or something. But Warby Parker, you get these really hot fashion-forward prescription glasses, and then they just cost 95 bucks. Now, here's the thing about Warby Parker that makes them cool. you They have this like home try-on program where you get five pairs of glasses, and they send them to your house. You pick out five pairs that you're into. They send them to your house. You try them all on. You ask your friends, what is this? How does this make me look like? Does this make me look smart? Will Dylan like these? And then you put the ones you don't want back in a box and you ship them off to them and you for free. It's not even a big deal. And maybe Dylan won't like them. And then you just do it again. And then you put yeah, Dylan in the box and you ship Dylan back to Warby Parker and you say, okay, Dylan, while you're there, just pick up something you do like for God's sakes. <laughs> just walk Enjoy Warby Parker. Now you have a Dylan. Uh, they they have uh, prescription polarized lenses for 150 bucks, and for every one they sell, they give a pair of glasses to somebody in need. That's crazy. So go to warbyparker.com slash my brother, and you're gonna get three day shipping for free on those five free home wow. try on frames. There were a I'm lot f- of words in there that was, no no no, I'm it was a tongue twister. Ryan, okay, I'm out there trying, um, and you. Uh, and you think about that. You're listening to this on Monday, probably. If you do this right now, you could have new shades by Friday. Don't even worry about it, because you because we hooked you up. Uh, WarbyParker.com slash my brother, all one word, obviously. And then uh, as with other things, if you end up using this because you know we told you to, let us know. Like tweet at us. Uh, you know, send a picture of your new sweet frames. Yeah, and and include Warby Parker in it because that makes us look like fucking big deals. Okay, so. You're dying. Yep. Oh, shit. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to break it to you guys this way. You're dying, and 
The thing about that is you don't care what happens to most of your earthly possessions, but I have a question for you, friends. As you slowly or speedily, there's no way of knowing, ascend towards that golden reward I ate that almost meets us an, on the other side of the beyond. I ate almost an entire Domino's pizza by myself yesterday. <laughs> okay, so your end is coming Literally a little quicker. be dead by dawn. Choo-choo! Let's hope Griffin makes it to the end of the episode, but here's the question, friends, and I, I know it's not one we like to confront, but what happens to your Pokemon when you're gone? I take them with me. No, you can't like take Egyptian it with me. Like style. I want to be buried with my Pokemon. <laughs> I want to be, be buried with your Pokemon, but even if you do want to be buried with your Pokemon, you're going to have to leave some specific instructions, and the only people who can help you do that is Legal Zoom. I, when I die, let's just talk about this. Let's just get this over with. When I die, I want my entire spirit to be turned into code and then uploaded into a Pokemon game. There. Is there that, it is. That's so much to ask. That's where it is. Don't don't burn my body. Don't scatter my ashes. Just leave leave my corpse on the ground. That's not me anymore. LegalZoom helps you incorporate or form an LLC with their simple questionnaire, starting at ninety nine dollars. You have to build a company, right? If you want to build a company? LegalZoom can help you out in that. But more importantly, for our current discussion, you can create a will starting at just $69 or even a living trust quickly and easily and get peace of mind and protection. Now, I know it's uncomfortable to think about this sort of thing, but imagine the fun of, I think it would be worth the 69 bucks just to have a will in your possession that dictates what happens to the, your Pokemon in the event <laughs> of your death. Like you could just have Especially that. Especially if you make out. that and then completely forget about it and like fifty years from now your like loved you ones die. are all bereft and you're sitting there and like for the reading of the will and then it gets to the section on Pokemon and I was like, God, that asshole. Yeah. And they don't know what Pokemon is because they're future people, so they think it's valuable, so they start a hunt looking for it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Then they find it and then they turn on the cartridge and they're like, Oh, this is a pretty fun game and then on Route Six they're wandering around in the tall grass and then a wild Griffin McElroy appears. It's my spirit, it's been encoded <laughs> to the cartridge. Now Legal Zoom's not a law firm, but they can connect you with a third party attorney and provide you with self help services. Uh and, and for even more savings, I know those prices already seem low. They seem low to me. I'm I, I'm thirty three, but in many ways I'm a child. So if you'd asked me how much a will cost before this commercial, I would have said probably $8 or a million. <laughs> so uh, uh, these prices are already great. But for more savings, you can type my brother into the referral box at checkout. Don't put this stuff off. It's not fun to think about, but go, just go do it. Go get your Pokemon sorted out. Go to LegalZoom.com now and use the coupon code MYBROTHER. Hey, um, guys, when I die, would you sprinkle my ashes on Kiefer Sutherland without him knowing it? Mm-hmm. While he sleeps a little bit every night, just like sneak up behind him and kind of put a little in his hair, and he's like, "What was that?" I'm like, "What? No, 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 nothing, nothing." My dandruff is really bad lately. <laughs> Damn it, Chloe! Do you get, uh, this uh, special message is for Midge, and it's from a retired sea captain. Terrific! Uh, a retired sea captain says, "Since that night, I called you a dummy at the green." Come on, you can get me a voice. I, but I mean, what am I gonna do? Like, give tr- me a voice. Give me a damn voice, Griffin. Since that night, I called you a dummy at the Green Mill <laughs> and told you something else too. I knew that nothing was better than you. Two kittens laughing together, at Griffin. Describing shoplifting. I love you. Retired, not disgraced, Sea Captain. 
Since that night, I called you a dummy at the green mill and told you something else too. I knew that nothing was better than you, two kittens, and laughing together at Griffin describing shoplifting. I love you. You know, your regular voice does sound a lot like a sea captain. That's true. Congratulations on your love, Midge, and retired sea captain. Uh, I got a question for you. Have you ever wondered about the value of placing an ad on a popular podcast like Mabim Bam? Yes. You want to know if it's right for your business? Here's a hint, Bravo. Probably. <laughs> Listen to episode 26 of Not A Real Job to hear how successful their ad was. And you could subscribe to hear marketing and writing advice for small business artists, entrepreneurs, and more. Visit notarealjob.com slash MBMBAM. So, you know, it's fascinating. They, uh, We had such a big response to Not A Real Job. Yeah. Like, like lots of people uh, listen to that. It's a, it's a podcast about, you know, uh, marketing and, and and advice and it, we had a huge response from people who listened to it and like really enjoyed it. It was really so. I um so I, I guess background we did an ad for them like three or four episodes ago and so they did a whole episode about the return on that investment uh, and I listened to it and it was really like it was super interesting like I think if you're a fan of podcasts and you know you hear a lot of advertising it would be fascinating but as a, a fucking the person who made that shit like hearing hearing how it actually works for the people who advertise on our show is like, I don't know, it's super, super fascinating. So yeah, check that, check that out. I'm Cameron Esposito, and each week I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Rhea Butcher. That's me. And Ricky Carmona. I am Ricky Carmona. We talk about action and sci-fi movies on a little show called Wham Bam Pow. You can find it on MaximumFun.org. It's amazing. Super fun. True that. Reviews, news, and stuff you can use. <laughs> I'm a 20-year-old male in college, and I want to start wearing prescription-less glasses. My eyes work fine. I just know that if I wear a pair that suit me, I can look pretty damn good. Sadly, my girlfriend thinks that this is the, quote, douchiest idea I have ever had. If I plan to wear them just what I need to look a little more suave and smart, exam, party, etc., is this socially and morally sound, or should I just be thankful for the 2020? This is from born to be bespectacled. I mean, you Listen, weren't. we've all, all of us with great vision like myself, I have willed the fates to dim these perfect jellies mm-hmm. so many times. <laughs> so just so I can have some cool-looking glasses. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, friends? It just... Maybe it's because I wear gunner shades. Protect me gunner from... Optics, uh, gunner optics. Protecting your gamer from gamer rays. <laughs> uh, maybe it's that. I don't know. But like, I have wanted this, and there's just Can, no way of doing it. Let me break it down as to why I think it is usually referred to as douchey. You didn't put in the time. I put in the time. I've been wearing the glasses since second grade. Yeah, they're cool fucking uh, now. Yeah. You know when they weren't cool? But any time before now. It's like, what I don't want to see is like 50 years from now, like the, the the new look is like those corrective like leg braces. And people with right. perfectly fine legs sure. are wearing them. Like, you that's, assholes. No, that's a great, that's a great a comparison. Can I have designer crutches? Because I think it'll right. make me seem erudite. Can I can right. I carry around a designer colostomy bag that's non-functioning? Glasses are face crutches. Yeah. Yes. You're mocking the handicapped. Think about that. And the thing is, you can then take them off and not have to wear them anymore. I cannot. 
If I right. do that, I can no longer drive. You'll it's m- like blackface. It's glasses face. It's yeah. It's right you got shiny face. It's super super not like blackface. Like it's, basically no, it's exactly at all. like blackface. It's, it's like no question. Blackface. It's basically in short like just exactly like blackface with all the socio socioeconomic repercussions of that uh, parallel. It is exactly the same thing. Okay. Um, super not, but. I it basically is exactly the okay. same. I kind wish for glasses too, because I think it would help me to pull my look together. Yeah. But try to think two steps ahead. This is my thing for twenty forward. I think that people should be. I think it's important to think forward too. Don't just think about the now. Think two steps ahead. When someone asks you, "Oh, you wear glasses too? Why do you wear glasses?" and then. I know that doesn't seem like a super likely conversation no, starter, but you As never know. Glasses wearer, the uh, the occurrence of someone saying, "How strong are your glasses?" Here, let me try them on. Is like it's pretty damn common. Do you guys know that ever since I was very young, I have always harbored a secret suspicion that sometime I would try on someone else's glasses. Oh, that's the dream. And my right, that's and the my dream. vision would suddenly be like. Better than it is and now. Can I, can I tell you though? Perfect. Can I tell you? That is actually what happened to me. I was like, "Yeah, let me see your glasses. Let me try those on." And I tried them on. I was like, "Holy fuck! I can see through walls. Is this how it was supposed to be the whole time?" And I went and got a vision test. They're like, "Yeah, dog, your shit is jacked. You have like no cones in there." And so I. <laughs> it's all wrong. I, it's all wrong. What's going on? Um, I have dog eyes basically, and so they. I got glasses, and now they're back to back to normal. So you guys wear contacts? Fuck no. Sometimes. Griffin, could you even do that? Touch my eyeball? Mm, nope. <laughs> like every day. Yeah, I couldn't. When I was a child, and I took the vision test to determine if I needed glasses, I wanted glasses so bad that for like the next six years, I was so worried that I'd skewed the test. Just at like, I was like, do I really need these? Or did I? And then like, I realized like, oh no, I do because I'm blind without them. Yeah. Because can, I can't see shit without. Now, them. one thing you could do is you could start wearing prescription glasses, because I heard that Elton John started wearing prescription glasses to look like Buddy Holly, and uh, eventually he needed them to see. Like his eyes adjusted so that he needed them. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying. I would is call that putting in the time. Yeah. yeah, you commit to it, to messing up your eyes permanently. Or just, like, throw some acid in mm-hmm. your eyes. Yeah, uh, like Joker? Don't do that. Don't do that. No, okay, um, one eye. One eyeball. One eye. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then you can wear a monocle, and that's, like, four times as cool as glasses. Um, I, um... Can you wear cosmetic contact lenses? Can you wear, like, non-prescription contact lenses? Only if they're clear. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I'm not talking about like fucking. Now my, now my eyeballs look like playing card spades. Like no, it's just, just regular old, old contact. Wait, so lenses. now I'm not allowed to wear my my spade contacts anymore. No, you Damn can wear it. David Spade contacts that make your eyes look like <laughs> David Spade's eyes, which are the most beautiful eyes God ever created. I have contacts <laughs> that actually make my eyes look like little David Spades. Little David Spades. They're, they're so sad. It's haunting. <laughs> They're like the time after time of eyes. <laughs> My dear friend has asked me to officiate his upcoming wedding. However, I'm not exactly qualified. and pretty sure he only asked me due to a conflict with the brother for the position of best man. Anyway, got ordained for like eight bucks, but I still have no idea what I'm doing. 
What should I do during this most sacred ceremony with a captive audience full of loved ones? That's from makeshift minister. You know who crushed this? Our papa. Our papa, Clint McElroy. Married me away. Gave me away. Did it without crying, too. I thought yeah. that fool was going to blubber like Danny Glover. No, he kept his shit. He kept it other. on lock. In fact, I was actually a little disappointed by his total stone-faced lack of emotion. He was crying down the back of his throat. He was inler- inwardly crying. <laughs> you know, it was great. He actually was... He, he had to sit in a corner after the ceremony for 30 minutes and just cry to get it all uh-huh. out. Because he'd stored it up. And it was, was like... drowning. It was a hard cry. It was an unattractive leap. I tell you the thing that Dad did that I was really impressed by that I think is... He did a little bit of it, scat in the middle. <laughs> he farted pleasantly. <laughs> what? No. They he, said it couldn't be done. Yeah. <laughs> they. Uh, he didn't make it about himself. Like He made it about... Like, he gave them a ceremony that would make them happy. And I think when you have a captive audience like that, I know this would be hard for me, is like to make the ceremony like the Justin McElroy show like hey you're gonna listen to me talk for 15 or 20 minutes like strap in because I've I love this attention I need it you know I tell you what I, our efficient Jeremy Dubin like we had a couple of meetings with him where we just sat down and he was like so what you know what kind of ceremony do you want and like we said well we'd like to have this kind of thing and we've seen this at a wedding before and we'd like to try that and a little bit of scat like, okay, in the middle a little bit of scat in the middle but it was like you know, th- that way we got a pretty customized wedding ceremony that was exactly what we wanted. You know what I mean? Instead of like, I'll surprise you. Yeah, I think actually that's great advice, Trav. The The best thing you could do, I think, is talk, start talking now to the bride and groom about sort of what sort of ceremony would make them the happiest. Because if you can serve them, not only will that make them really happy, but the ceremony is going to feel like them, which I think for both of you guys, like, that was one of the things that I, I really liked about both of your weddings is they felt like you. Like, they, they it didn't feel like a ceremony made for somebody else. They felt very specific to you guys. Yeah. And I know it sounds like I'm trying not to cry, but I'm actually trying not to burp, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, romance. Uh, <laughs> if but, all else uh, fails, you could do, like, some 90s stand-up comedy. Yeah. What is the deal with food at weddings? Um, good because it's wedding. Theme. Make sure you get super Jesusy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lean really, really. You're gonna and feel like revelation shit. Not yeah, like yeah. A... No, get get deep down in Revelations. Bust out like a verse or two of Leviticus. Um, you're gonna feel an urge to not do that because they're gonna tell you explicitly not to do that. You just gotta push through. Just gotta push through their demands and requests. Also, just know that wedding guests love it when you run long. Love it, love it, love it, love, love it. it. They so if love you get it. on if you get on a free will and jazz odyssey, just talk yeah. about the Jesus. Talking about Jesus, going, maybe do a quick invitational. Nothing like too <laughs> like. Not, you don't want it to be like more about Jesus than the people who are getting married. But if you want to do just a quick invitational and see if anybody's if moved. you need them to step out of the way, feel free to ask. You know what I mean? If they're in your way, if they're slowing down your role. Just ask the bride and groom to kind of step to the side while you uh, scat a little bit. And the best place to do your scat invitational is right after they've exchanged rings and vows, but right before you say, I now pronounce you man and wife. Um, Just to really give it that drop at the end. Just like one last trial that everybody has to go through and then we can, you know, go, go drink. 
It would also be great if you could arrange something like have um, have a plant in the audience that you've like built a skit into. Oh, that's fun. You know, oh, something. a fun skit. Yeah. Or, Everybody or loves skits. Middle, mid-ceremony, do an entire Easter pageant. <laughs> Is that something you can do? Complete with crucifixion scene. And, Gosh, then, and then wait I three days. And now my, I pronounce you man. My wife before, in a weird coincidence, my wife before we got married actually came to our church a couple of times, uh, and she was, she's a Catholic. When she found out ab- ab- about the invitation, when she witnessed that firsthand, she was horrified. Yeah. Because suddenly there's a, like, there, there, it's confusing with when you go to a Catholic church because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moves and choreography that everybody else seems to know that you don't know. So it could be a little, you know, you can feel a little lost. Uh, and, and I always sort of resented that, like, well, it's so easy at my church. You just kind of hang. But Sydney pointed out to me, and it's a very good point. At our church, there was a moment where if you stood up at the wrong time, your <laughs> whole life is over. <laughs> like, there's a moment where if you stood up at the wrong time, you have to, like, de- rededicate your life to Jesus or join the church or something. Yeah. Not only like, that, my favorite thing about the Invitational is when sometimes you didn't get a response from anyone. So they would just kind of keep the music keep it going, going keep longer. it going, keep going, and then like I feel uh, like there's someone out there who's ready to commit. What I what just, what what's always great is there would always be a guy, especially if like at like uh, when you had more um, like Pentecostal type people uh, at at you know more more of that like very enthusiastic snake word. snake eaters snake eater. No, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Um, not enthusiastic, but ecclesiastic. Anyway. Ecclesiastic, I don't know, but you you would have people who who would stretch it out uh, at like youth camps and stuff, and they would always say something like, "Listen, I I I I know that this has been going on for a while, but I just feel the Holy Spirit is telling me that somebody write it out, and that somebody else needs to come up here and get right with the Lord. Like that that the Spirit's telling me that, and then inevitably." No one else would come up, and which begged the question for me and began sowing some rather unpleasant seeds of doubt. So, so was the Holy Spirit just like, ah, my bad. I'm telling that you, it's one, like Travis at a is, casino. Like, no, 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 no. I, I got this. Here come the turn. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. That was this the that was the best the, the, the dismount from that stance of like, well, all right then. See y'all next Sunday. Have a good, have a safe drive home. Okay. All right, cool. Anyway, do all that during the wedding. Going to be a hit. Going to be a great wedding. Uh, we're we're, we're going to hit like a record. We're actually going to go through all of our questions on our questions list for this episode. People can't get mad at us anymore about not doing enough questions because we're doing more questions. So go suck. So keep it in your face. I have difficulty talking about my feelings. My girlfriend is not happy about this, particularly in that sometimes she's angry about it. And I don't blame her. One of my big hangups is trying to explain my feelings with accuracy and exactness. And with feelings being what they are, I end up at a loss for words. Brothers, how do I do a better job of expressing how I feel? That's from Gmail. Flashcards. Boy, three former Baptists, you have come to the right place. <laughs> See, you say that, but I, I have no problem expressing my feelings. At any given time, at the drop of a hat, I'll just do it. Because for me, it's entirely I mean, I cry often and freely. Yeah, but I mean, that's a disorder. That's not really an expression of your feelings, because you could be crying and be, like, pretty psyched. Yeah, I, call, I have what the doctors call full eyes. <laughs> my, my problem, a lot of times, and I've, I've only learned this as I've gotten older, is that... I, a lot of times I don't know how I feel. 
Like I don't until I talk about it and like say the wrong thing several times, like trying to get it's like a mystery. I'll be I'll know something's up, but I won't know w- what it is that I'm feeling. I'm not in touch with those feelings, and that could be part of your problem that you're just not uh, unless you're talking about it with somebody and like trying to work through it. A lot of times I don't know exactly what for, I'm feeling for the longest time emotions. whenever like people talked about having trouble expressing their emotion I, I I really thought that what they were saying was like they would feel sadness and then someone would be like hey are you okay and they would just go yep yep and and now I'm I'm starting to suspect that really what's going on is like because you're so I don't know if it's caught up in it or denying it like you don't realize I a lot of like since I've been with Teresa, I've gotten better at expressing emotions because instead of just like swallowing down or not acknowledging it, like as we'll talk about it, I'll say out loud, like, I want you to know that I am feeling angry right now. And this is why, you know, so I don't think it has to be emotional in your sharing of your emotions. Sometimes it's just being honest and just saying like, right now in this moment, I am annoyed because of this or like, Hey, I just want you to know I'm really enjoying this moment, you know? And, Oh, t- yeah, say it like that, too. That's good, because I'll give her that not-quite-human vibe. That well, I'm, I'm just saying, as a start, like, you don't want to, like, jump in feet first into, like, sad town. And it's no, like, I'm just, I, I, for me, it's not that easy. Like, I don't, like, a lot of times I don't know. Like, I, I'll be short with somebody, right? Or I'll be, I'm, I know I'm not having as much pleasure as I normally do, and I don't know why. And for me, that can be hard, because I don't want to say... I'll end up saying stuff that I don't actually feel, just like trying to get to something that feels. I want pleasure. Just pleasure. I need pleasure. 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 Um, and you know, but I don't think I. All I'm saying is that in any kind of communication that you are inexperienced with, you gotta start off, you know, small and practice it. You don't want to just like jump into being the dude who is constantly like. Crying. You gotta work up to having full eyes. You can't just cry all the time or it's weird. You gotta work up to it until everyone just accepts that you're that dude who's moved by particularly strong episodes of Family Matters. The other the other thing is you gotta be careful about when you're if you're not sure like what your feelings are, you gotta be careful to exp- figure that stuff out before you start talking about start talking to the person who may have uh, created those feelings like. If I try to work through my feelings with my wife, she knows that I'm a dummy and she'll try to covertly, subliminally slip in what I might be upset about. Like, I don't know, sweetheart. You, you've been really frustrated. Maybe you're angry at yourself for never closing the cabinets ever. And maybe you should do that from time to time and just see how that goes. So that's How just, much um, of your anger is cabinet based? How much of your anger is centered on cabinets and leaving them open all the time and never closing them. You guys ever do that? Because I do it. No, I'm an adult. Yeah, I'm supposed to be an adult. Yeah, I don't like it when, like, bugs get on my plates because I eat on those. Um, I mostly... I just take a lot of naps. (laughs) (laughs) Naps are like train stops for your emotions. Uh They need time to get on and off. When it gets a little bit too too real a little bit too hyphy in my life my lifey i'll just take a quicker quick naparoo um because um, like you know what it worked when i was four and i'm 20 26 now and it still works pretty goddamn well and i wake up and my wife is like 
how you doing? And the answer is always great. So <laughs> I guess you know my wife has just taught me. I had no idea. Like so much of my emotions are hunger based. <laughs> like I had no idea. Like we, I think we were when we were in Louisville. Like we stopped for lunch. It was like a really late lunch at like three o'clock, and I'm eating a sandwich. She was like, "Do you feel better?" I was like, "Yeah." What? Wait, why? She's like, well, you've just been kind of frustrated for the last two hours. I was like, oh, no, it's just because we couldn't find the place. She's like, no, it's because you're hungry. It's like, oh, you're right. Yep, you got me. Just needed sandwich. God, we needed are, a dose of vitamin sandwich. We are a bunch of fucking eat beasts. Yeah. <laughs> We're a bunch <laughs> of We're monsters. Problem. I don't have, like, I really do think I don't have that many complex emotions. I don't want to sound like I'm, like, a free spirit or whatever over here, but, like, I never feel like I have emotions that are too complex to describe. It usually really is like, how are you, Griffin? I don't know, kind of bored. Like, <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, I'm not like, I've just been thinking about death a lot lately. It's really mostly like, I don't know, the cat woke me up last night, so I'm a little bit sleepy. Well, that could be the problem, Griffin. I, you, I think about death a lot. You should think about death and stuff. Okay, well, hold you on, hold on. No, 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 more. hold on. Let me give it a shot. Oh, 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 oh my god! Oh no! Go take no, a bath, Griffin. Go no, take a it's bath. all gonna stop one day! Griffin, it's all just gonna stop one day! <laughs> oh no, 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 no! And that's what your 30s are like. I'm not gonna be Constantly. here one day, it's just gonna stop! <laughs> I need you know, a that nap. Could be a good, I, that could be a good thing to do during a wedding ceremony. <laughs> You two, I've known you your whole lives. You're so perfect for each other. It's all gonna stop one day. No, no, no. Griffin, you're joking. Do you know how many times I've had that exact, like, mid-episode? Like, we talk about, like, ghost horses and shit. I'm like, yeah, and another thing about, oh, God, I want to I actually had that conversation with someone last night. It's all gonna stop thinking about it. Cake boss, right, guys? Goofs and goofs and goofs and goofs. We're the ones that distract you from death. Who is to distract us? No one. Uh, yeah, well. That's all the distractions. Let's shut it down. I'm going to see the get. Lego movie. It's going to wash the fucking taste of this episode right out my mouth. <laughs> We're, that's all the distraction you get for this week. Uh, you can start the episode over again. Just stave off the, the darkness for a bit longer. Um, thank you to everybody tweeting about the show. Like Moogie, Reagan, Bryn Metheny, Vaughn Pimp, and Nick Vandersteen. Uh, Garrett Smith retweeted MBMBA and Wisdom. If you don't follow that account, they just crossed 3,000 followers. Nice. It's just uh, MBMBA and quotes. You'll enjoy it. Britton Peel, Jeannie Leslie, Jonathan, Scott Ackerman. Uh, listen, guys, um, did you know that they're trying to get a Space Jam 2 made? That's a thing that a lot of you brought to our attention, and we really appreciate that. Uh, Laura Stratford. Hey, John DeGray, Jeff Kroll, so many others. Thank you for tweeting about our program. I don't know how I feel. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about the jam, too. The jam revisited. You feel very good about oh, it. I feel great. That's right. I was, just couldn't find the right words for it. Um, I want to <laughs> yeah. thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It's, uh, it's great. All their albums are great. Check that one out. Check out When I Pretend to Fall. Um... They're all super good. Thank you, John, and the Long Winters. And I want to say thanks again to LegalZoom. Um, you know, think about death. 
You can go to LegalZoom and make yourself a will. Uh, LegalZoom is not a law firm, but provides self-help services at your specific direction. Really, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out um, and use the discount code MYBROTHER uh, for all of your death savings needs. <laughs> Put us in your will. Put us in your will, and we'll mention you on the show. That's a terrible I, idea. I, I wonder if like LegalZoom listens to these episodes and goes, man, they really just kind of focus on that death aspect a lot. Yeah, they I, really hit that, hit that death note real hard. Um... Uh, go check out the other shows. They'll provide you with other distractions from your um, your mortality. Go check out The Goose Down. Check out Bullseye. Check out Jordan Jesse Go, Judge John Hodgman, Throwing Shade, uh, Sawbones. Wham Bam Pow. Wham Bam Pow. Lots of good ones. There's, there's um, so many. Jesus. And they just announced uh, Max, uh, the Boat Party Biz 2014. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so go check that out. And, um, oh, and Max Fun Drive is coming up, so start you know warming up your checkbooks. <laughs> start revving up your checkbooks. Start practicing your signature. Um, yeah, no, we'll have lots of extra bonus shit, so that we need to produce. When are we going to produce that bonus shit, guys? Yeah, Let's we'll figure that out later. later. All right, uh, you guys want to find on Yahoo? Please. This final Yahoo was sent in by Colton Burke. Thank you, Colton. It's by Yahoo Answers user Alan Aldefan, who asks. <laughs> What religion is Tim Allen? <laughs> I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. It's been my brother, my brother, uh, me. Can I get in dad. there? Can I get it? Can I get a fucking word in edgewise? <laughs> I'm Griffin McElroy, and this has been my brother, my brother, and me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. How does it feel, you piece of shit? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. This is Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host a show called One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Not a parenting podcast. Guess what? We both just had babies. Again. Check out the show enjoyed by breeders and ballers alike on iTunes or MaximumFun.org.